you'll turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Uh, that's the passage I'll be reading from this morning. Romans chapter 8 and starting at verse 31. Listen to God's holy word. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it who, who, who to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, and more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, open not only our ears to hear the words found in your scripture, but also open our hearts to understand what you are speaking to us through your servant standing here this morning. It's in Christ's name that I pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So thank you all for letting me come and be a part of this uh, time with you all, a time of fellowship. It was a, a kind of a, a sovereign surprise, as we we call things here. I've, I was coming to just speak about Navy chaplaincy, and and Lainey said, hey, could you mind bringing the word to us on, on for chapel? And I said, I'll be happy to. So um, Dr. McGraw, it's good to see you again. 18 years ago, we were here, uh, not here, but down the road. So it was great to, great to be back here. Um, I realize that uh, you have visiting pastors that come in and, and uh, to these chapels to provide you with these with expositional sermons and taking from their wealth of pulpit experience um, and ministry that they have to deliver to their their congregations on a weekly basis. Um, and you are in a place that affords you the opportunity to glean from and grow from not only their experience as pastors, but their their study of God's word. And to hopefully learn and grow as you are developing and learning how to preach the word um, as students here. So I encourage you to relish in these opportunities. Um, soak up this time of worship with your brothers and sisters and, and feed your souls as you take a break from the intense studies that you're in. I know the semester just started just recently, but we'll get going, as you all know. Um, so but my desire this morning is to bring you the word, not necessarily in the form of an expositional sermon, uh, hopefully you'll give me the permission to rather just kind of bring some words of encouragement and exhortation from various scripture passages. I'll, 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 uh, I wanted to highlight with this one here in Romans uh, is kind of the base and the foundation of what I want to talk about today. Um, but also just to kind of exhort you as you in, are moving into a, an opportunity of ministry in the church ministry or whatever capacity God is calling you, but basically as ministers of the gospel. So having uh, prefaced this, uh, I want you to think of a time when you felt alone. Uh, it may have been a time where uh, you were a little child and got left at a store from your parents accidentally, hopefully. Uh, and that uh, hopefully didn't happen to you. But maybe those of you who may have kids, 
uh, have those little ones who have a, a dream in the middle of the night and they come running into your room uh, to be comforted because they feel alone and they want to crawl in your bed to feel that comfort and safety and security um, from whatever dream they had and couldn't where they couldn't sleep. Uh, for me, I can think of, of a couple opportunities of where I felt alone or felt times where I felt afraid of what was to come. But I felt one that would be pertinent to this audience here would be uh, one such instance that happened while I was a student here at GPTS. And I can't remember which class it was. I'm sure it wasn't Dr. Dyer's. But, um, but I distinctly remember that um, we had a paper to complete and present in front of the entire class. Um, we'd done this before, you know, it was no big deal. Um, I had prepared, though I had struggled through writing this particular paper. And then the, and the moment arrived when I was sitting in the chair, listening to my brothers uh, deliver their papers and present those, that an overwhelming sense of, of fear and panic started settling in. Um, doubt crept into my mind um, and thoughts. Uh, and right before I was to get in front of the class to present my paper, I ran. I literally ran out the door, got in my car and drove home. Don't do that. Don't practice that. Um, I was having a full-blown panic attack and I didn't realize at the time what it was. I just knew I was panicking and I couldn't do this. And I knew something was wrong. I couldn't breathe. My heart was racing hundred miles an hour. And I felt like everyone was looking at me um, weirdly, like what's wrong with this guy. And so all I knew at that moment, it was, I just needed to run. But as I look back on that vivid memory of my first ever panic attack that I can remember and feeling a sense of hopelessness and aloneness, I ran home to my loving wife, who's with me here today and, and, uh, just who understood, uh, my affliction and provided comfort for me and to me and helped me turn my eyes back to Christ. Um, I immediately felt loved and connected and was reminded of my faith and security and it was in Christ, not in any paper that I'd written or anything like that. Uh, I was never judged by my classmates or the professor. I can't even remember if I, I assume I passed the class. I'm here today, so I guess I, I passed. Um, but I do remember back to my seminary days when I had regular wrestling sessions with my heart and mind over where God was calling me into ministry. Um, and I'm thankful for my time here at GPTS uh, to have deep and prayerful um, conversations with my fellow, fellow classmates, whether it was at Dr. Shaw's house studying theology or whatever it may have been, or here and there in the halls down the street of just having discussions and, and wrestling over things, and various professors that uh, helped me, encouraged me along my path of what caused me to now be a Navy chaplain. Um and I was just thinking about what to bring you all this morning. I wanted to talk about the reality of loneliness in ministry. Um, I read I read the passage this morning from from Romans at the beginning of the of the uh, the lesson here to the sermon to to kind of again set the stage for what I wanted to bring to you. And it's such a comforting passage, as as you all know and have read it in different contexts and heard it preached on, I'm sure, before. But it really addresses the reality of life challenges that we face. And the loneliness in life at times that we have, and how God in his deep love for us um, helps us conquer these trials of life. Um, I'm not aware of your stories individually as students here and how you came to the seminary, um, how you were called to come serve in this capacity in ministry at some level. Um, but at the very least, 
Um, and I'm not sure exactly of any of your experience in ministry at, at that point, which you've had to this point. But at the very least, I wanted to provide some sort of a picture, if I will, if you may, of, of an aspect in ministry that'll come in serving Christ um, in whatever capacity he's calling you. And that is loneliness in ministry. Um, I wanted to first highlight uh, some key examples. So the first point I want to kind of talk about is just some examples from Scripture of men who struggle with loneliness and how God um, supplied their their needs for them. And then finally, I want to wrap up with obviously the point of of Christ um, and his example of the one who only was the, the one who truly experienced utter loneliness. And we'll talk about that secondly. But first, let me kind of highlight some passages from Scripture um, and some examples from Scripture of God's mercy to those lonely servants as we find um, in the pages of Scripture. But starting with Adam, why not start from the beginning, right? Uh, with creation, when God had formed all the creatures, creatures, and, and he said in Genesis 2.18, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So God in his loving kindness and his compassion for his image bearers gave Adam his helpmeet and Eve. And God's provision and care by providing another human being was clearly seen in Adam's responsibility and calling uh, to tend and care for the garden with that immense pressure and daunting task at hand to name all the animals and the care for this garden. And he was alone. So Eve was that individual whom God provided and came along, who came alongside Adam to help tend that garden, but then also to have companionship, just as all the other creatures had had that as well. Also, think about uh, Noah. Think about uh, what he must have felt when God approached him and said that he was the only one that God had found favor in his eyes. And that he was going to wipe away all mankind uh, with, with the flood. I can only imagine that conversation that Noah had going back to his wife and his family and, and uh, telling them about the enormous task that they had at hand to build the ark. Um, Imagine the earthly loneliness and stress that he felt at that moment, especially in the ark, when you and your family were the only ones on the entire planet. Think about the loneliness that he may have felt. Thankfully, he had his his uh, his family with him. Um, and I'm thinking just as of this morning, just this, this loneliness of this child, praise God for the saving of, of his life. But hopefully the church will come and, and provide care and comfort for him as a family, as as God's family. But we see with Noah that God's faithfulness uh, in his covenant and promise and provided shelter and protection amongst the ark um, from that massive destruction that was going on. And, of course, the, the covenant that, uh, that ensued from that. Also think about Joseph. Um, and when he was told, he told all his brothers that, that one day they would be bowing down to him, obviously, um, they reacted and threw him in the pit to be left for dead. Um, he was sold into slavery, placed in an Egyptian master's house, uh, falsely accused by that master's wife, thrown into prison, found favor with the warden of the prison, and eventually became second in command under Pharaoh, right? Um, throughout all these lonely times in Joseph's, Joseph's life, God showed favor to him, and in God's providence, placed Joseph exactly where he needed to be, exactly the right time. So that God would receive the glory and continue to keep his covenant by, by preserving his people through that famine that was happening at that time. What about David? You think he experienced loneliness? 
probably frequently as he was on his early on running for his life many times as Saul was trying to kill him. But in particular, in the cave of Adullam, while he was feeling alone and afraid for his life, he penned Psalm 142 and wrote these words. When my spirit faints me, you know the way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see. There is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. And Matthew Henry, I think, gives a great description of this, this commentary on this uh, psalm by saying, those who sincerely take the Lord for their God shall find them find him all sufficient, both as a refuge and as a portion, so that as no evil shall hurt them, so no good shall be wanting to them. And they may humbly calm, uh, claim their interest. Lord, thou art my refuge and my portion. There is, um, he continues, there is enough in God to answer all the necessities of this present time. We live in a world of dangers and wants, but what danger need we fear if God is our refuge? Or what wants if he be our portion? Heaven, which alone deserves to be called the land of the living, will be to all believers both a refuge and a portion. How appropriately to say that and, and quote on that from, from David's psalm and what he was experiencing in that time. I also think of Elijah. Let me think of his key victory over the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And things were moving in the right direction for Elijah when he hit a roadblock after his life was quickly threatened by Jezebel. And he ran for his life, just like I ran. I wasn't being attacked or threatened with my wife in that class, but he ran into the wilderness. He asked God to take his life. Um, He complained in the very presence of God about being alone twice. And then how did God respond to Elijah? He didn't smite him down at that moment, but yet he encouraged Elijah that he was not alone, that he had reserved 7,000 who had not bowed down to Baal. And God secured a remnant of believers who were there to help Elijah repair the nation. He was not alone. And I could go on and on with with a number of countless examples of loneliness found in Scripture. And I'll finish my point with reminding you of those like Jonah in the belly of the fish, Jeremiah thrown in the cistern, Daniel tossed into the lion's den, and Apostle Paul who was deserted by all except the Lord. All these men, for various reasons, experienced difficult times in their ministry. And when they were abandoned and maybe assumed that their lives and ministries were over. And all these men felt the hand of God protecting, guiding, and leading them in their ministry that they were called to accomplish. Yet in all these cases that I've highlighted, these examples, we know their lives and ministries were not finished. In all these examples, we read about God's covenant faithfulness, His favor, His provision, His protection his sovereignty, his granting of wisdom, and his love. He delivered each of them from their times of loneliness and and fear at times. He provided encouragement in the form of friendship, uh, whether in the form of another individual, by his very words of reassurance or strength, and by the comforting of the Holy Spirit. Um, I can remember a time when I was deployed with the Marines, and we had just left San Diego on the ship, and were uh, anchored off the coast of Hawaii and doing some exercises uh, before we pushed further west to the Persian Gulf. And we had a squadron of, of ospreys um, that were conducting a routine exercise over the island. And uh, when all of a sudden the lead osprey lost power at 75 feet 
Now, if you know about an Osprey, it's a rotor, right? A rot uh, rotor uh, aircraft. And um, 75 feet, it dropped. We lost two Marines and a lot of uh, injuries happened that day. And there was a moment during the first couple of days after that accident and during um, that I had to provide care and counseling to over 500 people. Um, and during that time of intense counseling sessions, trying to explain why these kind of things happen, <clears throat> I became fatigued and worn out physically and emotionally, as you would assume. And I experienced loneliness and depths of difficult ministry. But the true comfort came as I poured deeply into the pages of Scripture. I was on my knees in prayer, asking for wisdom. And, and I felt an enormous amount of support from the fellow chaplains that were on the ship with me. And even though we were from different denominations, we were all bonded together in Christ. Um, it was that defining moment that as we progressed through the deployment to be able to provide spiritual care and nourishment for those sailors and Marines that were on board. But of all those examples, I want to secondly and finishly finish up with Christ's example of true loneliness. As we've considered these examples from Scripture, I can only think of, of again, the one person that walked on earth who experienced true and utter loneliness. Christ on the cross was the only one who had ever experienced the ultimate burden of loneliness when God had to turn his back on his only son who took the weight of our sins on his back so that we could have life. And even leading up to his arrest, Christ was alone in the Garden of Gethsemane, wasn't he? He had asked his disciples to come with him to pray. And what, did, what were they doing? Taking a snooze off the side as he was pouring his heart out before his father. Um, as Christ was being arrested, his disciples fled and ran away for fear that they would be apprehended as well. And then eventually even Peter, who was in the courtyard while this trial was going on, what did he do? He doubted three times his Savior. Christ was alone, humanly speaking, from those examples. But the worst part of the experience wasn't the fact of Christ's friends and disciples deserting him. It wasn't just the, the six hours of his flogging and his humiliation and torture and physical exhaustion that led to the nailing on the cross, was it? It was at the very moment where the sins of the world were placed on his back and his father had to turn away from him. I'm reminded of Isaiah 53 that gives us, again, that descriptive passage of the type of loneliness that Christ faced and the substitutionary atonement that he paid for us on our behalf. As it says in Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned away each to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We all know this wonderful story of the sacrifice of Christ's blood and his resurrection. And as students, you are right now pouring yourselves into the study of scriptures and the key doctrines of our faith. And you are in the safety and security of these walls, knowing that the person to your left and right pretty much believes what you believe. You're all on the same page here. And your struggle is pretty much contained in writing those papers and the difficulty that I had at that moment. 
you know, am I going to be able to, to get this by the due date? Um, maybe you, you're spending time wrestling over difficult passages or difficult, difficult doctrines and you're debating those different things. Uh, there may be times where you have or will feel alone as a student here at the seminary. Maybe you've even experienced doubt in God's calling you to whatever field it may be. And, um, and maybe those around you have experienced doubt with your problem as well. But you are in full-fledged sponge mode right now, soaking up the truths that are being taught to you from these professors with their own deep and personal study of scriptures um, and doctrine, soaking up the Bible lessons that they're teaching you in these classes. Relish in that. But why are you doing this? Why are you doing these things? Hopefully so that you can be faithful ministers of the gospel um, to those churches that you'll soon be ministering to. You're here studying because you're the ones who are going to be providing hope, comfort, and, and all those things to those in your congregations. Those who are, who are struggling with loneliness, despair, with, with heartache. And I encourage you to think about now, even now, praying about your future ministries. Um, do you have an idea of what you're about to walk into upon graduation of the seminar? Are you prepared to provide biblical counsel to that couple who is on the brink of divorce? Or that teenager who is maybe struggling with suicide or suicidal thoughts? How would you handle a deacon who has been stealing money from the church to count to fund his gambling addiction? How would you handle a personality conflict on your staff? What if someone is wrestling with a same-sex attraction or gender identity confusion? These are people that are going to be in your congregation, in your flock. And there will be times that you'll feel this loneliness in your ministry, in your calling. And there'll be times you won't know what to say to these people. And I'll encourage you by saying that that's okay. To be there to listen, to be their pastor. But as you're currently filling the banks of your memory with extremely important and life-changing information that will guide you to fulfill your calling as, a, as, as preachers, to deliver God's word, I also encourage you to start thinking about how to be a pastor to people, uh, to be a shepherd to your future flock. Don't let only your thoughts drive how you prepare or how what you're going to preach on in any given sermon or any series that you're going to give. But I encourage you also to get out among your congregation, to listen to their hearts and their struggles, um, their struggles of loneliness, their need for safety. Leave your desk sometimes. It's okay. So leave your desk to get out amongst your people. Spend time with those that you are charged and encouraged to lead in the past. Be among them. Laugh with them. Cry with them. Um, be their shepherd. And it's in these moments that you're developing these personal relationships with your flock. You'll we'll begin to learn more about the struggles that they're really facing. And thus giving you purpose and guidance as you are formulating in your brain and in your heart what to deliver as, as what do these people need to hear from the word of God? What encouragement, what conviction do they need to hear? One of the best parts of my job as the Navy chaplain is that I'm with my flock on a regular basis. Um, I, I work with them. I am repelling down a wall with them. I'm going in a helicopter ride with them. I'm in a submarine, whatever it may be that I'm with them. And when I'm deployed, I'm living and eating and sleeping with them in the same areas. And so it's one of those things where we have um, 
the Navy ships are built with what's called deck plates, so steel deck plates that are, and so one of the things we talk about as a successful chaplain or pastor, sailors, Marines, and ghost is that you have to be out on the deck plates. We call it deck plate ministry. Um, to be among everyone, to get in their spaces, to find out who they are, what struggles they have, and building those relationships. It's during those times of interacting with people and growing um, that I, I start to see their true struggles and the pain they're experiencing. And I've had opportunity to minister to people that will never darken the doors of the church. Um, it's truly a mission feeling that is right. And I appreciate the offer of asking for prayer for those that are that are persecuted in the military mm. and for godly chaplains to be, to be raised up to come in and serve as capacity in this mission. But these people are from all walks of life, different religions, different backgrounds, uh, different upbringings. And it's in this ministry on the deck plates where people come to know Christ or grow in their faith. And I encourage you to, to adopt that phrase to be on the deck plate when you go to your future churches. But now you're still a student, so continue pouring in to your studies here. Pour into the friendships that you forge, your societies, the different meetings that you have, those kind of things. Grow and learn as you, and because as you enter into churches and ministry or whatever capacity God is calling you, surround yourselves with individuals who will hold you accountable, who will ask you those hard questions. I have a lot of good chaplain friends that aren't PCA or reformed, but they're solid brothers in the Lord who I know and the pinch I can call on and ask for prayer because they understand what it's like to do ministry in this setting. Whether it's your wife or your dear friends, maybe a session member or even a pastor from another church, I encourage you to, to surround yourself with people that will help encourage you as you struggle through this lonely time of ministry. And, and during these times of loneliness, we're just in life itself. Remember these men in scripture, the countless examples of, of, of men and women in the, in the scriptures where God provided for them in their times of need. And that he provides for you, his child, with the ability to persevere through those trials. Most importantly, again, remember your Savior who went on our behalf before the Father had his back turned on him, experienced true loneliness, <clears throat> yet obeyed and trusted him, saying, not my will, but your will be done. Let's pray. Father, in we thank you for this opportunity to open up your word and fellowship together by breaking bread. Lord, you have ordered our steps and you guide our paths. As the Proverbs say, the heart of the man plans his way, but you, O Lord, establish his steps. Convict us of those times when we have leaned on our own understanding and not trusted in you. Help us in those times of loneliness and discouragement to realize that the only true hope and comfort we have comes from you. Thank you for your great blessing and protection, peace of hope, of comfort and love, and help these men who are studying to continue to, in service in you and to you be reminded of, of the people that they will be ministering to. Guide their hearts to be shepherds to those who are suffering and direct them to those with right words or passages of scripture that will bring hope. And thank you for the, the reminder of the work of Christ on the cross and for his this time of worship and fellowship um, around your word. It's in the matchless name of our Savior Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen.